Welcome to the Not So Average Podcast. My name is Courtney and I built this podcast to deconstruct traditional advice and the idea of living an average life to inspire you to step into your power and be the creator of your own life. If you're also viewing living an average life as very boring and you're looking to upgrade your mind, body, and soul, then you're in the right place. I'm so glad to have you here. Subscribe to hear new episodes every Wednesday on all streaming platforms. And let's jump into the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. I might sound a little bit off. My voice is all over the place because I'm getting bodied by allergies right now. I've had the most wicked sinus pressure ever. If you have any natural remedies, slide in my DMs because, girl, I'm trying everything. I'm trying the natural remedies. I'm trying the actual, you know, medication for allergies. Trying everything because I'm just getting destroyed. I think the weather's changing here in Toronto and it's killing me and I keep going in and out of like losing my voice, which is very inconvenient considering I talk for a living. So it's crazy. But if I sound like a 13 year old boy hitting puberty, um, let's just please not judge me. I didn't want this fear of sounding funny to get in my way, and we have a lot to say today, so thank you for bearing with me in advance, because today we are talking about the fear of failure, and I am so excited about this subject because the fear of failure for me has kept me stuck for so freaking long, and I know it has you as well at one point in your life, maybe currently, and get this, guys, One in three Americans were found to be scared of failure, and it's one of the top fears among Americans. I would have to assume it's safe to say that would be throughout North America as well, considering I feel that Canadians and Americans are more similar than they are different. And take this in, millennials are more likely to have a fear of failure than previous generations, 40% of American millennials to be exact for this specific study which is crazy. And I think it's probably to do with the rise of social media and technology because you're obviously comparing yourself to others at a higher rate, where if you think of previous generations, their access to other people's lives was just a lot smaller. And so therefore they didn't have as much fear because it wasn't like they felt that they were on this massive scale of everyone looking at them where, hi, social media, very different times. So very interesting to look at that and it doesn't go into detail of why but that would be my assumption I also used to study like generational differences in school because I took MIT and women's studies so a lot of the stuff used to come up a lot and it was always kind of came back to the rise of technology um, because we're simply seeing more on a larger scale and seeing a broader scope of the world than we ever did before so it heightens that fear and anxiety of what people think of us and our self-identity. A couple more statistics before I actually dive into the topic today. So 31% of American adults are afraid of failure. 49% of Americans agree that the fear of failure prevents them from achieving or revisiting their goals. 90% of CEOs agree that the fear of failure is their main cause of distress. 46% of Britons are deterred from starting a new hobby because of their fear of failure. 51.8% of entrepreneurs in the United Kingdom reported having a fear of startup failure. 24% of Australians adults are afraid of failure at work. 82% of science students in Canada agree that societal pressures contribute to their fear of failure. Which is crazy because I actually remember science and math being like 
the most stressful subjects for me in school. And I feel like it was because it was so intimidating if I didn't do well, which is kind of interesting. What we know is that fear of failure is the number one reason people don't set new goals or try new things. And the fear of failure is the fear of the unknown. And in some cases, we do need fear, right? It's what keeps us alive, but at the same time, it can freeze you. And so I talk about this, I want to say every week, but like our minds and our egos are what's keeping us safe, quote unquote, and what's safety to the ego and the mind is the familiar. And so whatever is familiar to you is this perceived safety because you're able to predict what's going to happen in the future because you've been there before. So anything outside of that is going to feel like a danger to the brain and the ego because it's the unknown. And so that's why people keep in this, like they stay in the same relationships, stay the same jobs, they stay in their same, uh, you know, place that they live where they maybe aren't happy in. Because it's like the devil you know rather than the devil you don't, which is so interesting because you could literally know that like you want more for yourself, but that fear of failure and the fear of unknown is exactly what keeps you stopped in your tracks. We know that this is part of human nature and that we can't change that fact, but we can shift and reframe. And obviously this doesn't impact everybody, not, you can't say that 100%, but I could argue with all of the the fact that I talk to people for a living about what's keeping them stuck and how they're wanting to achieve their goals but seem like there's this block it is the fear of the unknown and failure and I think that fear of the failure is still going back to the fear of unknown really um, because the unknown is typically looking for the problems that could happen of what if it doesn't work out where as the fear of like success is, I feel like very unlikely. I just feel like even though it can be something that keeps us stuck and keeps us self-sabotaging, the number one fear that keeps people from taking action, I would argue from what I've seen with students and talking to people, reading books, psychology, podcasts, all of those things is that the fear of failure is so much higher. And so one thing that I can say for a fact for me is that the fear of failure has crippled me. It has totally destroyed a lot of things that I feel were possible in the past and has kept me stuck. Now, I do believe in divine timing. And so the things that I didn't take action on before are things that I'm now no longer afraid of doing today. But for so long, it's been something that has just like sent me into a spiral. We get into these stories that we tell ourselves that if I do this, then this will happen and then this will be the result. So, you know, if I start that new business and I fail, then I'm going to be a complete failure to my family and I will be bankrupt and never happy again. Like, these are the stories we tell ourselves. We get so dramatic about all the things we tell ourselves, but it's rooted in our belief system about not only ourselves, but how we perceive failure. And so if we're able to now shift and reframe the way that we perceive failures, then we're able to detach the emotions around it and also learn a really beautiful lesson about just like being seen trying. I've heard this quite a few times on TikTok of like, 
you know, don't be afraid of being seen trying. And I think of the beauty of that. Like when you really see someone who's out here and they are trying, like they're online, maybe children, those around you, and they're just like taking a stab at it every single day. They, you know, get a door slammed in their face. They get a no, something doesn't work out and they just keep going. They don't lose sleep over what didn't work and they're just always fixated on what's going to work they know they're going to get there they have this like innate faith of within themselves that they are going to get there and then you know it doesn't matter how many times it takes to try they keep going it's impossible to judge them because we can only respect it right unless you're feeling the judginess in the sense of like you wish you were that it's almost this judgment of you know deflection on your own lack of action taking but to actually see someone like that you're like damn you you just gotta respect it you're like okay they're out here they're doing the fucking thing they might look stupid they might look crazy but they don't care because they are going after their dreams and goals and who cares what you look like, right? I personally would way rather be seen trying and looking dumb for doing so, quote unquote, than looking dumb for saying I want all these things and staying in the same fucking position year after year. To me, that looks way more insane. So we create these stories within ourselves of failure, right? And what it will mean for us and our lives and what it says about us as people, When we're able to identify the narratives and identify the patterns, it already gives us that power to take back, to now have awareness of at least where those patterns are coming up, where they're rooted in, and then be able to shift it. So being able to really understand like the deepest, darkest fears and where that belief system is currently running, I think has so much power in it because you can't change anything unless you have that awareness. So understanding like, where the fear is rooted in not only the fear of failure but like what it says about us so for me I think I really was concerned with not looking smart and feeling stupid for not having all the information and that's rooted in different things in growing up right as it always is but being able to identify that and go okay that actually doesn't define me and then be able to be rooted in that self-worth of like One, I know I don't know everything, but I'm so willing to learn and to try and to be resourceful. And for me, now I value my resourcefulness as a skill and like a trait within myself that actually helps me be so much more confident because it's like, okay, I don't have all the answers, but I have the trust and faith within myself, the confidence to be able to figure it out. I think a great book for this is Everything is Figure Outable by Marie Forleo. That book is wonderful in that um that region of figuring it all out and she has a great story herself that's really inspiring because there's so many things that like you could see as oh that would be maybe a perceived quote-unquote failure where you'd want to just give up then but you only literally fail quote-unquote if you completely just give up like if you just continue to try 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 you're obviously going to get you to where you want to be You'll hear it day in and day out of different stories. That's why I'm always listening to stories of successful people because it's so inspiring to hear not only what got them there, but the things that they had to go through, the trials and tribulations. You've never heard a success story that was like, yeah, I just like took action once and then I got to exactly where I want to be. Like that doesn't fucking exist. So the fact that we 
tell ourselves that that is the expectation of ourselves is just stupid. It's like self-sabotage because we know that that's not a fact. If you look at all the successful people, you know that they don't have these magical, crazy, superhuman skills to get them to where they want to be. Like most people, some people have talents, right? Like I think professional athletes like Michael Jordan, right? He is an anomaly in basketball. He's like the goat, as the kids say. There's a lot of other professional athletes that I can't name because I don't watch sports, but there's a lot of amazing people that you could say maybe were born with a special gift, right? People who can sing, not me. I sound like a dying cat. Wish I could sing. In my head, I would be a fucking pop star, truly. Like, that was my goal when I was younger. When my mom would ask me what I wanted to be when I grew up, I had a Boston accent. I was born in Michigan, and for whatever reason, I picked up a Boston accent, and I said I would want to be a singer, and I can't sing. (laughs) And it's okay. I don't have that skill. I'm sure if I wanted to improve it, I could go get vocal lessons, and I could, you know, go improve. I'm sure... That is something that could be a skill, but I just don't have that necessarily innate talent that I was born with that was like, wow, get this kid in vocal lessons. She's going to be a star. That wasn't my, that wasn't my truth. Now, this voice of mine, still the moneymaker, okay? I do speak for a living. So it might just be in a different way. I didn't want to be maybe, or I wanted to be a singer, but maybe that's not what my path was, but still being in the vocal range I guess is kind of where I'm meant to be which is kind of funny when I think about it and I actually said this to my mom the other day we were having a laugh about it I was told in school that I talk too much and like here we are right I talk so much I created a fucking business out of it so bye (laughs) but when it comes to the idea of being seen trying and knowing that you are inevitably going to get to where you want to be if you don't give up or like there's a different route you're going to take, rejection is redirection and protection. If you truly believe those things, then you're going to have success in one way or another. And maybe it's going to look different than you thought because we don't have all the answers, but most people just want to feel fulfilled. They want to feel full of joy and they want to not have to stress about, you know, finances and be able to provide from themselves and their families. I feel like that's at its core what most people want. And so if you know that not giving up would give you those things, then why are we stuck? But this is the thing. We stay stuck in the story. And so being able to mentally reframe it is going to allow you to detach from the outcome of what you do and lead with less fear. Does the fear go away? No, of course you're going to still have fear, right? I still feel that. Like when I'm about to do something like, oh fuck, what if this doesn't work out? What are people going to say? You know, the stories start to come up. The questions start to come up, but then you still do the actions like feeling the fear and then doing it anyways, knowing that you are going to survive, I think is the biggest thing, getting rational with it. And also sometimes that this helps me play out scenarios in my head that kind of help me continue to take action is like, okay, what is the worst case scenario here? What is the worst thing that could happen if I launch this thing and no one ever buys it? Like what, what's the worst case scenario? Oh, well, I would just go back to the job that I'm already working at and nothing would really change. It's like, oh, okay. Maybe you've quit your nine to five and you want to be self-employed and you want to launch this thing and that doesn't work out. What's the worst case scenario? You go get a new job. Oh, well, that's not that bad. 
right? Like, it's kind of ironic when you think of those scenarios. Now, I don't like to think about what the worst case scenario is because then where focus goes, energy flows. So you don't want to stay stuck in the idea around things not working out because I think that that just is not a great magnet for what we're wanting. But to be able to get ourselves out of the spiral, it can be helpful. Being able to look at failures as facts or data has been something that's shifted the game for me because it's like just collecting information on what isn't working. And I really, really, really love this because I've had so many situations in my past, especially over the last few years. I mean, being in my 20s, going for it, and sometimes you fuck up, sometimes you make mistakes, sometimes you choose the wrong path, but there is never really that wrong path, you know, quote unquote, because you always are learning and it's always redirecting you, which I have full faith in. And I also think that when you look at these challenges as opportunities, you're staying in that growth mindset where a lot of people will just be like, this is who I am. This is exactly where I'll always be. And I'm never going to change. Stay in that scarcity and like that victim mindset. And that's not what we do here. So looking at failure as facts or data and just like collecting information can help detach from the emotions around it and then reduce the shame because that shame is woven into stories around our identity and takes that hit to our self-worth and confidence. When we're able to detach that, we're able to really just look at it from like more of a logical perspective and kind of zoom outward. I think so many of us, when we get caught in the spirals, we're too in our own shit. Like I really think most of the time when I get in my own way and I get so anxious and wrapped up in my own mental spiral, it's because I'm like so inside my own life. To be able to snap out of that, I have to get outside of myself and either go be of service to others, listen to other stories. I'm obsessed with listening to other stories. You know, I'm always reading. I'm always listening to podcasts because it helps get outside of your own thinking And being able to get yourself back into the world and know that like it's not all about you and almost hearing other people's stories of like, I did all these crazy things and I didn't die and you know, maybe your worst fear, I feel like because I work in finance and hearing people's fears and stories and stuff like that, a lot of thing I hear is like, I'm so scared I'll go bankrupt, for example, or be homeless. And those are two, sure, like really scary fears, of course. Like, yeah, you don't want that to happen. You don't want that to be a reality. But okay, what if you do? What if that happens? Like, are you going to be okay? There's a lot of people who have had that happen and they've made it out on the other side. Obviously, looking at the likelihood of those scenarios, it's usually a lot lower than we're psyching ourselves out to be. Like, I feel that I was in that fight or flight for so long. I had this fancy apartment in Vancouver, I was paying thousands of dollars, financially independent, making incredible money at like 21 years old, well over six figures. And my fear of like it all being taken away in an instant was so present that it crippled me. It got in my own way and allowed me to spiral for no reason because that didn't happen. And then I ended up burning down a lot of my life in that moment because I burnt myself out from all of this mental clutter. And obviously, you know, we all go through our shit, but I'm telling you this to share that like the mental stories that you're telling yourself can send you into such a deep spiral. It can have such horrible physiological effects on your system that you can start to shut down and it's actually really derailing you from everything else you're wanting to do and who you're wanting to be. 
being able to notice how this is impacting you and taking your power back is not only going to give you more mental room, like all these things live rent free. So like we're going to start charging rent, right? (laughs) We need to start decluttering our mental space, but also being able to have more energy. Like if you're spending less time before bed, thinking about all the shit that's going to go wrong and your fear of failure, you're going to have more energy the next day because you slept well, you can show up differently. You're going to have a different energy because you're going to be actually excited about what you do and not focus on what if this doesn't work out. It's like, what if it does, man? What if you get everything that you fucking dreamed of and you don't get to control when that happens, right? You only get to control your actions, but being able to detach from the outcome, you can just look at it as like, this is fun. Oh my God, I'm learning so much. Oh, that didn't work. Okay. What's next? I heard this in a podcast on the Skinny Confidential. You guys know I'm obsessed with Lauren Everts Bostic. I talk about her every week. And Jamie something, I can't remember her last name, but she's the creator of It Cosmetics. She has a book around worthiness. And she asked Lauren and Michael on the podcast, what do they do when something like doesn't work out? Like if something fails, you know, what's the kind of thought process? And they said both, what's next? And Jamie said that that is a very rare thought pattern because a lot of people create the story of like see I was never cut out for this I'm not good enough I'm not worthy enough and they create that story that is aligned with their identity rather than the detachment from it so being able to go oh what's next it just keeps the ball moving towards the bigger vision whatever this is if you're wanting to improve your relationships your career your business, your finances, your health, whatever it is, right? You're just continuing to go, okay, what's next? What's next? I'm going to get this tattooed on my fucking wrist because I'm like, oh my God, that's genius to always keep that pivot of like, okay, that didn't work. Yep. Try again. What's next? And be able to kind of almost be a machine about it rather than attach so much emotion of, oh my God, why me? Why this? Why that? No, just really looking at, okay, This is just collecting data. We're just figuring out what works and what doesn't. Something that also has helped me in the, in more recent times is giving myself grace for not knowing. We have so much shame in like things that we didn't know, but a lot of the things we have to learn are skills, right? Something that I'm always preaching with the No Budget Babe students as a co-coach is like money is a skill. We have the societal notion that you should just magically know it. And if you don't, you're like an unsuccessful, you know, stupid adult. But it's a skill. So if no one's taught you and you've never learned, then obviously you wouldn't have acquired that skill. And skills take time. If you look at a little kid and they don't immediately just start walking, they go from crawling to walking immediately on the first try, you wouldn't be like, see, you're a fucking loser. You shouldn't walk. No, you would never say this to a kid, but for whatever reason, we tell us to ourselves, right? We're our own worst enemies. And so being able to have grace for yourself and going, oh, this is a skill. I'm just learning a new skill. And all of this data I'm acquiring from things that haven't worked is sending me in the right direction of what is going to work to get me towards my goals. This is going to help you start to be in the pursuit of just constantly learning and knowing that you're able to learn, apply, learn, apply, continue to pivot wherever possible and wherever necessary to continue getting closer to your goals. Being able to understand that these skills are things that you are able to learn and are able to acquire continues that growth mindset where that fixed mindset is just like, this is who I am. Nothing's going to change. This is how I was raised. And that's that. If you just decide, for example, if we stay with the money example, 
this is who I am. I've never been good with money. I'm always broke. I will always be in debt. That's a fixed mindset. It's telling us, okay, this is who I am and this is who I'll always be. Where the growth mindset says, I am going to learn the skills and the tools to be able to get out of this or to be able to achieve financial freedom or achieve financial success, get out of debt, build savings, whatever it is, right? So being able to redefine these things is going to completely shift everything. A quote-unquote failure success story that always inspires me because I use my Dyson Airwrap every single day on my hair. This is not an ad, just very relevant to my recent problems with said Airwrap if you follow me on Instagram. Won't bore you with the details, but I love that thing. Um, The creator of Dyson, so like the vacuum, the hair dryers, all of those different tools. I think they've got all kinds of things. Air purifiers. I don't know. I was looking at their website the other day. Um, So the creator, James Dyson, he had, get this guys, 5,127 reiterations of the Dyson G-Force cleaner before it ever worked. So he had set out to solve two issues, essentially. This was um, obviously decades ago, but he wanted to create a bagless vacuum to increase reusability and how to reduce clogging in the system. So he landed on this concept of cyclonic separation where it's air spinning quickly in a rotating pattern to achieve both. But it wasn't until he attempted and failed 5,127 times or 20, 5,126 times technically that he finally succeeded on the 527th at using this concept to create a vacuum that cleaned efficiently but didn't require bag. Imagine having 5,127 reiterations of whatever it is that you're looking for. A successful relationship. Ooh, that's a lot of frogs to kiss. A business idea or reiterations of said product. If you are trying, trying, trying in building savings, whatever it is, okay? It's crazy to think about that many reiterations, but he's also now one of the richest men in the UK. I think probably in the world as well, but like he went from literally not successful to one of the most successful people and look at Dyson now, right? I don't know if they sold or what happened. I don't even know if James Dyson's alive, to be honest. Let me look at that up because I have no idea. Should we find out together? I know that he is from the UK, but... I don't know if he is currently alive. You know what? He's 76. He's still alive. He has three children. Wow. Amazing. So if you think about James Dyson, he didn't give up. He didn't get in his head of maybe I'm not meant to do this. He simply just kept fucking going. And he has an inspiring quote around failure. He says, failure is so much more interesting because you learn from it. And I love that. I feel like the things that have worked out for us, we don't necessarily always learn because it's just, it worked out. You almost like don't even remember what you did to get there because it just worked out and you didn't have to think about it. When you don't have things that work out, then you're able to actually go, okay, well, let's pivot. Let's let's do something different to try to get to the result. Another story that kind of shook me to my core the other day was on TikTok. I just randomly stumbled upon this, but someone was talking about this. So I'm just kind of like reiterating what I heard based on memory. So if I get some of these details, a little more loose than just don't come at me. It's just me being a bad journalist. Um, Sabrina Carpenter. So she, I guess, 
obviously she's a massive pop star now and her music's great her tiktok's great she's got those um like outros she does on her tours that have been huge from the song nonsense so she signed a 10-year record deal with disney when she was 14 years old and she put out multiple albums i want to say like four or five albums and none of them really did well um i guess disney didn't really do a great job of like promoting her i feel like she's not you know, far off from my generation and she's a little bit older. So like, I feel like she would have been going through Disney and it's prime time when I was watching Disney and I don't know who she was. So it's kind of interesting because I'm like, I don't really remember her, but she was obviously around same time and she never really made it big. And then when she was 24, she got out of the record deal, obviously. And then she eventually went independent. So I believe it was around some time between the time of COVID, she decided to come out with her own album that was, you know, separate of Disney. And I guess it did okay. But then I can't remember if it was before or after, but Olivia Rodrigo put out Driver's License. And I guess that song is about Sabrina Carpenter with like Olivia Rodrigo's ex, which I did not know. I'm not with the kids on this one. I feel like I'm a little bit older. So Olivia Rodrigo for me was like a little bit younger, but I still obviously love the song, love her new Guts album. She's great. But I didn't know the T around it. But I learned this on TikTok that Sabrina Carpenter, it's reportedly about her uh, as the driver's license song. So she kind of got all this like publicity and kind of hate really from the fans, but it actually allowed her to kind of gain like traction in the public eye. And then I can't remember if she released an album before or after that, but basically she started to pick up a lot of press and then she went on tour and she started doing these like unique outros of this one song called nonsense and she'll customize it to wherever she's playing and it's been this fun thing that has engaged with her fans and it's gone viral on tiktok and it's like really given her a lot of traction and if you just want to fast forward now she's on tour with fucking taylor swift in the biggest tour in history the era's tour So she's the opener for Taylor Swift in Australia right now, and she's absolutely crushing it. She just performed with Taylor Swift a couple nights ago, actually, singing a song that she had sang and had like a video on YouTube. I think she was like, I don't know, eight or nine years old. She was so young in the video. And I think it was White Horse by Taylor Swift. She, you know, posted this video singing it, and then they ended up doing a duet live on tour just a couple days ago. I saw it on TikTok. It looked very, very endearing. And how crazy, right? This girl had to wait and wait and wait and try and try and try before she ever saw success. But then once she did, it took her to new levels. And I shared this to say that something with that story stuck with me of like, you're not always prepared in the moment for a massive success. So like if she had just at 14 years old, let's say like a couple years later, you know, 17, 18, she just goes skyrocket and makes it so big. She would have been one of those Disney stars that made it really big when she's really young and maybe wouldn't have been prepared mentally, emotionally, physically, financially for that kind of success. But going through the trials and tribulations, it makes you stronger as a person. It really gets you to know who you are. And then you're able to apply that once you actually do hit success. Like I feel like some of the things that have kept me 
in similar patterns, it's like shown up to now teach me a lesson once and for all to be like, oh, this is the last time I'm going to encounter this because the next level version of myself doesn't have this problem. I'm finally learning the, like I'm learning the solution to this problem and it's creating room for new things to learn rather than repeating the same shit over and over again. And starting to look at that, like I said, just looking at it as data, collecting information, you're finally able to detach of what it means to you of like, oh, maybe I'm not meant for my dreams. Like, no, you're just needing to learn some lessons and learn some information. That's okay. Something that can be really applicable to this conversation is Alex Hermosi's reverse psychology technique. He uses the power of inversion thinking, and this is asking questions in the reverse to solve problems. He says that the reason he does this is because our brains are better at finding problems than they are solutions. And the example he uses is if you wanted to have a successful marriage, asking the question, how would I destroy my marriage? And then listing all the ways you could and then doing the exact opposite of that is going to guarantee that you don't destroy your marriage. So that can be done for anything. So let's say, how do I have a successful business? that's not going to help you actually get there because you're going to go left with, I don't know. And you're just finding more problems of, well, I don't know how to run a successful business. I've never done it. Maybe I'm not cut out for this, right? It starts that narrative where if you say, how could I ensure that I will fail in my business? Then you could list all the ways that you could fail. So let's say, you know, you never launch, you don't create the website, you don't reach out to market your services, you don't show up on meetings or whatever it is, okay? This is just random examples. But like listing all those ways, you go, oh, well, like if I just don't do those things, I'm probably way more likely to succeed. So suddenly it doesn't seem that hard. And that is what I love about this like reverse thinking because it tricks our brain into creating actionable steps and it allows our brains to find problems then solu- rather than those solutions and then we just flip it so it's kind of it's a funny thing but man reverse psychology like it can trick our own selves he's got lots of youtube videos of that so if you ever want to like dive deeper into him he's fucking wonderful i reference him basically every podcast and i think he's done more for me learning about business and success than business coaches have hired so he's incredible He also has a quote that I found while I was looking all the stuff up, and he said that you find success and failure on the same road. Failure is just an earlier exit. And I thought that was interesting. If you like a little visual, if you look at a highway and you're literally like, you know, parallel and there's success and there's failure, but failure is that earlier exit. And I kind of like that. I, I like the visual. And it's maybe cliche, but it's just like you cannot give up. Because if you give up, you're literally just choosing not to try anymore. And to me, that's biggest failure. You could do all the things and have some of the worst outcomes. And in my opinion, you're a fucking winner because you're trying. And you know that by continuing to try, you're also going to be able to find that success because it's just inevitable. Like you're going to get to that 5,127th reiteration just like James Dyson did with his vacuum cleaner and eventually it's gonna fucking work right but to have that faith and confidence within yourself really comes from your self-concept your self-worth and doing the things you said you're going to do so being able to reframe how we perceive failure and start looking at it as 
opportunities for growth, opportunities to acquire new skills and to learn is going to shift everything else for you. So I hope that you take this episode, you feel the fear, you do it anyways, and I love you so much. Thank you for good listening. Thank you for bearing with me with my nasal pressure and <laughs> I voice that keeps kind of going in and out. If you knew how many breaks I've had to take to sip water and cough, oh my goodness. But I love you so much. You're here to do so much more. You're meant for more. That's why you listen to this podcast. And I cannot wait to see you take action on all of your dreams. New episode every single Wednesday. Send this to a friend who needs to listen. And let's talk next week. Love you guys. Bye.